adventurers, and welcome to the Mike Flares podcast, coming to you with the second half of our coverage about the first new part of the fifth version of a game that was created in the seventh decade of the 20th century. I'm your host, Connor O'Brien, and joining me as always is my co-host, Mr. Martin O'Dwyer. Full, full credit for that one. Absolute full credit for that. I was wondering why you were like, will I get this in the first goal? I no. wrote that ten minutes before we started. <laughs> That's very like, Jesus, man, that was impressive. Our set, the second half of our coverage about the first new part yeah. of the fifth version of a game that was created in the seventh decade of the 20th century that's up there with like three verses into rattling bog <laughs> <laughs> it's a very irish joke yeah oh god 4am at a wedding yeah exactly yeah. yeah i don't think they sang it at mine actually although that being said i i went to bed before many other people that night low like uh my my friend Sean plays a lot of trad music and guitar mm-hmm. and and he's usually the first like he he'll be all like no 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 I'm not playing I'm not playing and stuff like that but he almost certainly gets up and he made the mistake of wandering into the room where my parents and all their friends were oh, playing were trad playing music tunes. <laughs> yeah uh, and they they were like and my dad's friend will do a few kind of like trad like songs mm. uh, and Sean wandered in and of course I don't know if it was my mom or my dad but one of them spotted him and goes Sean plays guitar and is really good at music and he, he ended up doing three songs <laughs> oh man i've been reliably informed by our mutual friend Keen that he left me outside at 5am when i was still going strong uh at five that sounds about right i yeah i mean i i went to bed at like maybe half three um and you guys were just down on the lawn yep. still drinking yep. someone had bought a crate like a full crate of bottles that from was, the bar that was not me that was not me no i, I think it was i think it was my uh my school friends they they heard the bar was closing, so they bought like a full like twenty-four bottle crate from the bar, and they were there drinking that on the lawn of the of the venue until I think a couple of them only finished up when the sun started coming up. Like I, from what I remember, going to bed, the sun was rising when I was going back to my room. Yeah, my uh, my uncle my uncle Frank um went to stayed up all night drinking. He was still drinking like when the sun was up and everything, and then it was about like. I don't know, seven or eight in the morning or something like that. Um, and he wandered back to bed. He slept for like an hour and then he set his alarm and he got up again. And my aunt was like, what are you going to get up for? You just went to bed. And he's like, no, the rugby match is on at about a half hour there. <laughs> <laughs> he went He went to go and grab a quick bite to eat and he immediately went to one of the rooms where the la- one of the lads had brought um, a thing that they could stream the, the mm. match on. And he watched that straight away. <laughs> We're really not doing any favours for all your stereotypes here, are we? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Martin. Man. Yeah. Uh, how are you getting on? How's things? Uh, I yeah, it's grand. <laughs> well, it's massively unconvincing. Um, yeah. So well, if we can probably just jump into it. Yeah, let's not, talk about. No, it. Uh, uh, so other than like I fucked up my back. Oh, sorry. I I messed up. Let me just yeah. No one cares. Look, we're just yeah. no one other cares. Than, I, I messed up my back in the gym at the start of the week, and then by the end of the week it was fine. So kind of uneventful, but yeah. Solid. Yeah. This I'm wearing a really awesome T-shirt that my gym makes from their mythology line. I, I you probably can't hear me because I have to slide back, but it's uh it's Gilgamesh wrestling a lion, which is pretty cool. sick. Um, and it's also the Thor one that I linked in the group chat where I was like, I feel like I'm obligated to buy this. So, oh yes. So yeah. I have this awesome Gilgamesh one, and that says the strongest in Sanskrit. I think or he's ancient Babylonian, so I think it's no cuneiform. That's it, cuneiform. Uh, and then I have another one that's orange with Hercules uh, wrestling Cerberus on it, and it says power in ancient Greek on it. And then that's cool. the other one I'm going to buy when I get paid is uh, Thor fighting the world serpent, and it says strength in Old Norse. 
I love really cool. I love that my gym makes that stuff. It's really really <laughs> cool. That's really uh, as if I didn't think your gym was very much suited for you before. I absolutely do now. <laughs> it's very fun. They're the European branch of a particular brand of powerlifting clothes that are sick. Uh, as if uh, so, you you we bring up um, strength and mythological creatures and stuff like that. Um, I watched Prey during the week. Finally, and it was very, very good. It's I would so argue good. maybe better than the original I, because as if, I know the original yeah. has a special place for people, right? But if you put aside sentimentality and stuff like that, and I love the original, but if you put aside sentimentality, Arnie has no character, nor uh, do any other soldier in that movie. They just kind of are okay, right. Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura is a terrible human being, but in that film, he is a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Which one's Jesse Ventura? The guy who says, "Take this stuff; it'll make you a sexual tyrannosaurus." <laughs> he's the oh, guy okay. with the he's the guy with the big cigar and the kind of rangery hat. And oh, he's got, oh yes. Yeah, he's got yeah. the kind of Texan accent. There, no, there's go back and watch it. There's legit characters in that. It's just irony isn't a great actor. But like, I'll fully agree with you. As a film, at almost every level, Prey is better than the OG Predator. Yeah, but yeah. I love Predator. It's in like my top 10 films of all time. I adore the first Predator because I saw it when I was like nine. It's a good, it's a really cool movie. Don't get me wrong. I just think like if we're going, like if we're going to, again, if we're putting all sentimentality aside and we're not judging things on, you know, uh, special effects or anything or Mm. or stunt work, that is obviously decades in the difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think just like in terms of story and structure and motivation and stuff like that, like this one, it, 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 I think this probably just makes more sense. It's more relatable. I find the idea of a person who's like, I want to prove that I can be a hunter so much more relatable. Yeah. It's fun to watch a bunch of buff army dudes well, go like, in and just mess up a forest and shoot, like, you know, get into action scenes. But, like the but point that's of the not OG, relatable. But like the point of the OG Predator isn't that. Oh, look, the OG Predator is a reaction to action cinema of the 80s itself to get a bit fucking film theory on it here like because every film that came out in the 80s had either Ernie or Slice Stallone in it like an action film we'll say and yeah. it was all like look at this incredibly buff strong guy with all the knives and the guns and look how many guys he's gonna kill and look how big and strong and macho and awesome he is and then Predator was like we have four of these guys or five four or five we have a team of these guys and we're gonna send them all into it and we're gonna send them all into the, into the jungle and you know what? Even though they're all tooled up with all their special forces gear and all the yeah. knives and guns and bombs and drums uh, to kill our sons, um, even though they have all the military gear, it doesn't matter because the Predator is here. That's the point of Predator, yeah. is that like instead of being like these helpless villains, not villains, but helpless like, teens in like, a slasher movie, this is like an action horror where mm-hmm. the, the, the victims are incredibly capable. They're like special forces unit. They're probably the best people you could put in there to fight the Predator. And they're still getting massacred. That's the whole point of that film. And I love it. Also, Arnie. What a man. (laughs) No, I get that. I get that. But yes, on almost every level, Prey is a better film than Predator. Yeah, I just think think structurally and stuff, it's... Also, the one who plays the main character, her actual name is Amber Mid-Thunder, and she gets, like, plus 20 cool points for that. That's just a sick name. Absolutely. Um, And, like, yeah, and uh, actually, one thing I thought was very, very cool was that when you watch it, so it's on Disney+, Plus. when you watch it on Disney+, Plus, you have the option of watching it. It's not... It's it's uh, Comanche. Comanche, thank you. Uh, You have the option of watching it with a Comanche dub over it, and I think that's just 
absolutely the coolest. I haven't done it yet, um, but I'm very tempted to go back because I'd easy watch Prey again. Like that's so so rewatchable. It's, it's honestly yeah, really. It's a great example of a Beastmaster Ranger. It really is. Oh my god, an actual working Beastmaster Ranger. Um, yeah, there's honestly there's a few. Um, I haven't seen a, a better. There's represented... a structure to the shots, oh, sorry, right? There's a structure to the shots that I caught on to early on, like in the first act, where they are constantly. Uh, they'll show her doing something, uh, the main character, uh, and then they'll show the predator doing something very similar. So at one point she gets injured, and she's like cleaning a wound, and she's like, like she's bandaging it or, or putting some like, uh, like she's chewing up some leaves and uh, yeah. like various uh, herbs she's that like can like disinfect it. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, she's like patching herself up, and at the same time we cut to the predator, and the predator has this obviously really advanced alien thing, but he's cinch like singeing up his so, like, cut marks with it. There's another point where she will run and she will like be chasing something and tracking and she'll look at a footprint and she'll examine this broken branch and she'll do all the kind of hunter stuff and then we'll cut to the predator and the predator is doing very similar stuff and it's just really cool to see the parallel that of like they are they are hunters uh, and we're kind of seeing this one we're going one two one two one two with all those shots yeah. um very very cool it's a point where she's in her camp just like disassembling camp and stamping out the last embers of a fire and at the same time we see the predator polishing off a skull yeah, and getting yeah. ready for a new hunt that day and i'm like this is yeah this is really cool i love the structure yeah. and the shots and everything is so cool and like they spend a lot of time um on like environmental shots as well just her walking over the vast american landscape and it's gorgeous looking as well yeah not and i will say as well not since uh, two towers have i seen better representation of like range or tracking skills Absolutely, I was only watching Two Towers last night. Um, yeah, absolutely. The uh, when when uh, Aragorn is like when he when he kicks that head, he breaks his foot. Um, no, he's like their pace is. He's listening to the ground. He's like their pace is quickened. Or do you mean the bit where he goes up after he kicks the helmet and breaks his foot? And there's like two yeah. hobbits lay here. Their hands were bound. They crawled this way. Their bonds were cut. Yes. That's yeah, exactly, oh, yeah. so good. So good. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Brilliant. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? We should we should do a wish list for what we want to see in in the new version of D and D that's coming. And I mean, realistically, give us a functional beastmaster. I only went through it during the week. Uh, I won't I won't spend too long on this. I only went through it during the week because I'm like, okay, there's like a, a couple different classes that get companion characters, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you have your your druid, wildfire druid. Yeah. Um. There's you also have the, your there's the other UA well, there's the other UA druid as well the um the oh the, the, the terror yeah, yeah yeah I forget what it's called the primordial or something like that or it's, yeah something like that yeah um there's that new one that's presumably coming down the line somewhere um that'll we have the, the Smith. that'll be in the glory of the giants book that's coming out in it will. December or next year I think it's early next year yeah I think December this year is um Dragonlance oh it is it is it is yeah. Um, we have so we have uh, Battlesmith, mm -hmm. Beastmaster Ranger. Um, we have the Wildfire Spirit. Wildfire Spirit. Who else? There's another one I'm missing as well. Uh... Oh, the Drake Warden mm -hmm. Ranger as well. Yeah. Um, if you look at any of the other, um, any of those other classes that get companions, all of their companions are all better in every capacity. Either they have comparable or better armor class or comparable or better health yep. uh, their stats are usually better they usually get an attack which is something the Beastmaster Ranger doesn't get unless you the player sacrifice yours and like there's no their, attack, their attacks don't gain in power or anything like that yep. um, 
or you yeah, can do what I did and play like an actual useful class and subclass and just take a sidekick. That's an animal. Just take a sidekick. Yeah, it's honestly, it's. Do you know what it is? And I was I was watching Nerd Immersion today, and he brought something up when he was talking about a different class. Um, I think he was talking about the assassin rogue. By the way, assassin rogue, not that good a class. Um, well, look, it delivers them what it what what it, what it does, which is just a crap load of damage. But that's all it does. Well, I mean, like it only the the third level ability for that only gives you like a couple of extra things, but like that gives you that it basically almost guarantees you one solid hit at the start of a combat, and then does nothing else for any of the rest of the combat. Everything else is just a base rogue that carries you through with all your evasion and sneak attack and high per, uh, skills and stuff. That's um, I was rogue, saying something else a second ago. Uh, you were saying you're listening. He was talking about the assassin rogue and some example of yeah uh, about how a lot of these classes are kind of like the products of their time mm. they were released at a point where they didn't really know what they were doing in fifth edition they were probably airing on the side of caution with regards not overpowering player classes and stuff like that so i i i wouldn't be surprised if all if not a few key classes get revised when they release the new player's handbook and one of which will almost certainly be the the beastmaster uh ranger yeah for sure uh, uh, yeah and just just kick purple dragon knight out of D D. Yeah, I actually think the Beastmaster Ranger is is or the Ranger sorry as, as a class is completely redeemed by what we got in Tasha's. Yeah. If you just pop, pop in all those optional rules, Ranger is an, is a super super great like viable class. Absolutely brilliant. Um, it's just those those really situational things that are in the player's handbook make for not a very um, yeah, not a very kind of uh yeah. useful or you don't you don't have not as much what's the word I'm looking for. Um, when you have decisions, the ability to make decisions. Uh, versatility? Um, uh, no. ag agency? Agency, thank you. You don't have a lot of agency. It depends on where you are and what time it is and what the environment is. Yeah. Whereas you should be able to go, hey, I have X number of uses of this ability. DM, I'm going to use one of them now. I'm going to roll for that. It should be an option you get to choose as opposed to, yeah. hey, we've been playing for six months now in this desert thing and I'm pretty good at coastlands. So, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Every time that Aerith uses tireless, I'm like, that's such a goddamn good ability. Like it makes yeah. it, like it, it actually makes like I I have to. I'm like, man, I wish Second Wind did something like that. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Martin, do you want to jump into what we're going to be discussing today? Yeah, we're doing feats and backgrounds, following on from our chat about uh the new origins and stuff like that. I believe, are we? Correct. So we're discussing uh the the brand new UA that came out. It is Character Origins mm -hmm. uh on Arthur Kind of Twenty Twenty. This is basically the first in what will be Twenty Twenty Junior, sir. You've gone back in time two years. What, what did I say? Twenty Twenty. Oh, did I? Oh God, let's not don't go back. Let's not go back there. No, I like oh, being able no. to go outside. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. No, this is basically uh, a uh, a first in a series of uh, of uh, UAs that'll be released over the next eighteen or so months, mm -hmm. uh, where we will get to experience um, new rules that we're thinking of introducing in into fifth edition when it when it transitions over to just being D and D or five point five, depending on your preference. Um, and yeah, they're kind of giving us uh, a bit of a heads up on some of the rules. They want to know our feedback. I, I believe. For this one is the first of September, so by the time this airs, Ooh, uh, it, it'll be out. You can uh, it's up for two weeks, I think. You can uh, offer feedback on this. If you haven't watched our previous episode of podcast, episode sixty nine, go back and watch that. We talk about all the different uh, <laughs> we talk about all the different uh, ancestries and yeah. updates and stuff to them that have come so far, as well as a couple of rules things. Today we're going to get into backgrounds first of all. 
Yes, backgrounds. Um, so, which have had quite a significant shift in power from how they currently function in 5e, which I actually really appreciate. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think we said I, it in our I, last... I, I that poorly. I was drinking just no, as you stopped it. <laughs> I, um, I think we said it in our last video when we were just kind of generally chatting about the one D and D changes, but they've shifted all of your um, stat modifiers from your uh, ancestry into your background now, which we were saying like makes perfect sense because like, like your your ancestry doesn't determine what you're good at. It's how you've spent your life and what you've trained and and the experiences you have. That's what forms exactly. as a person. Yeah. Um, and as a consequence of that. Yeah, your your backgrounds now very heavily determine both your stats, your proficiencies, um, and as well as your languages. And what's really cool now is everyone gets a level one feat, which as someone who picked variant human in five E, I'm kind of like hmm. But I I'm looking forward to maybe like the next character I play just having a level one feat just for. You know. I well, I believe have... if you're a variant human now, you get two. You get your one from your background and your one from your uh, ancestry, correct? Ah, it's great. I'm just not playing. I'm not playing human next time. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I want, I want you've that done dark, a lot. You've I done a lot of human. I've only done one. I, I've I've played the one human character twice. That's what I've done. <laughs> I I played like the most elf of elves last time, if you will remember. That's true. He was a very elf elf. Yeah. Elves. Uh, elves. Um, yeah. Vers versatile humans get one one. Um. Actually, sorry. They get. Uh, let me see. You can you can either pick the skilled feat mm -hmm. or or another first level feat of your choice. Who's gonna pick um, the skilled feat? Skilled feat's not bad if you want to be a skill monkey character. Yeah, but you could just pick a feat feat and get like something actually powerful. Uh, I would argue that having having an absolute mess of uh of of uh, <laughs> like I, I again we've seen characters that are like bards or, or or rogues or combinations of the two who have expertise and double proficiency and they, and they have uh, what's the jack of all trades thing where you get half your proficiency yeah, on all your skills yeah, yeah okay that's um, that's just bards though man <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like they have to be but good at something they're not blasters like you know that's true um so we're talking about backgrounds mm -hmm. and as you said the restructured backgrounds a little bit so basically now all backgrounds have a, a very similar structure where you get basically uh the same kind of setup right across the board first off you get your ability scores um which you can uh, you can increase you know one by two or and one by one or you can, can uh, increase three by one as well mm -hmm. which if you remember i believe in tasha's when, when they first started doing this um they previously disassociated your ability scores from your ancestry mm -hmm. uh, for anyone who's wondering we're using ancestry in place of race um uh we, so they previously disassociated that and just said, hey, look, you, you still get them when you choose your ancestry, but it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. It can be any combination of anything. It's the now or origin manager is what they call it. Yes, I think so, yeah. Uh, now they're tying it to uh, backgrounds, but still leaving it open that you can choose whatever um, combination you'd like. Um, and again, like you said, it makes way more sense that just because you're born a gnome you shouldn't be getting bonuses to your uh, intelligence necessarily what if you were born a gnome never read a book in your life and went off and joined the military you should probably have some skills and strength or dexterity or constitution um so it just makes sense as your life experience would inform that more so um the next thing you get is your skill proficiencies you get to choose two um nothing kind of new there you always get a couple of uh, skills uh, although i think it didn't it vary sometimes from having pick one of these pick two from this or was yeah, it always two? It would, I think, they would, they, weren't they tied to your class previously? You Because you'd take your class and say, like, take, like, any one or two of these, like, ranger skills or barbarian skills or fighter skills or, like, 
uh, yeah, they through. always had ones that were like associated with they, your class, and you yeah. you would choose either one, two, or three of those. I think Bards yeah. and Rogues got three. For like Rogue, it would always be like Stealth, Deception, uh, Perception, Investigation. Slide of Hand. Slide of Hand, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so you still get your skills based on this. Uh, everyone gets a tool proficiency now. Like uh, everyone that. gets one tool proficiency. I like that. Do you know what? Because just because I feel like sometimes tool proficiencies get forgotten or they get taken for like flavor reasons. I think once they, you know, everyone wants everyone wants to be a blacksmith and forge their own sword. But like, uh, I'm not I'm not saying anything wrong with them. I'm just saying like I think that making sure that even characters who maybe weren't thinking about mm -hmm. having a tool proficiency will look through it and go, oh, woodcarver's tools. That's kind of interesting. Maybe my character yeah. like whittles in their spare time, and it'll be a nice little extra flavor to uh, to a character. You know? Yeah, totally. Uh, and it can also encourage uh, downtime play as well. If you have Carpenter's Tools and you're like, I don't know what to do for this two-week session or this two-week period in game, I'm not doing anything. Oh, can I just work with a Carpenter? Can I volunteer as, as an apprentice temporarily? And, and the DM can be like, yeah, sure. Roll on the on the work table for the two weeks and see how much money you earn. But and that can be really cool. Even if, like, back to, like, actually, like, making magic items, like, you might not forge a sword, but if you have, like, Mason's Tools or, like, um, Carpenter's Tools, you could make a figurine of wondrous power. Uh, true, yeah. Um, that's, that's, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's the rule when it comes to magic items, I believe, isn't it? You can. You, you need either proficiency in the arcana skill or the tool set required to make the item. Can you tell one of my players makes lots and lots of bullets? <laughs> <laughs> um... I have like 10 different kinds of magic ammo in my homebrew just because of one player who's a gunsmith. And I'm not complaining, it's great crack to make up like magic bullets. But yeah, it's, it's a lot sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up next then we have uh, language. You choose one language from the standard languages and one yeah. from the rare languages table. So uh, that's not a huge amount yeah. different in that. Basically, you still have your, your common dwarvish, elvish, giant, gnomish, goblin, mm -hmm. halfling, and orc in the standard. But now they've also included common sign language, which is really, really cool. Very cool. Um, then we have Thieves our... Well. Thieves Cant is finally officially an actual language. Thieves Cant is now a language and not just a, a weird little thing that rogues specifically get. Mm -hmm. um, so in the rare languages, you have Abyssal, Celestial, Deep Speech, Draconic, Druidic, Infernal, Primordial, which includes your Aquan, Orin, Igwin, and Terran, Sylvan, Thieves Cant, and, and Undercommon. Uh, and you get to pick one of each, which I think is, is pretty cool um, that you get. Because um, I, I, there was always kind of a bit of an ambiguity, I found, with yeah. those rare... Like, why was there a distinction with the these other exotic languages that not everyone speaks? And I feel like, I don't know, it just seems to me like it, it, it would, I don't know, I, I, I just like that they're kind of making them more available. I don't yeah. think they were ever not available. For me, there was always this idea in my head of like, oh no, you need a reason to pick one of these ones, but I don't know if that's a rule anywhere. Yeah, I've, I've also never found languages beyond the, like, Elvish, Dwarvish, Gnomish, uh, half, like, Orcish, those, that you're kind of standard ones. I've never found found any of them beyond that particularly impactful when it comes to running a game, if you get me. Unless I'm specifically building a challenge. I'll wait for my it. next campaign, Martin, when everyone speaks Druidic. <laughs> yeah, okay. But like unless I'm but like unless I specifically go, oh, this character speaks abyssal, so to like I'm gonna I'm gonna put abyssal into this puzzle or whatever if I'm doing like a hell thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. That kind of way. But like it's uh, yeah, other than that I've never found it super, super impactful. Sometimes it's it's playing to your player's strengths. You know, you want to, you're like, oh, yeah. my player has this ability where they can do this thing or they can speak this language. It wouldn't normally come up. Maybe I'll I'll make that a part yeah. of the upcoming quest so they can feel that they have an opportunity to use that. And it's kind of catering to what your your players see their character. They they are like instead, instead of like trying to find the right peg for the right hole. Yeah. Uh, you're you're going like, oh no, I I already have 
uh, the peg. Now I need to find the right hole that this player can be like, this is a really weird and maybe over-sexualized metaphor. I'm going to stop right now. Uh, you know what I mean, though. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, At the so acolyte. <laughs> wait, we have, so we have language and we also have everyone gets a first level feat. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about this a little more in a bit, but yeah, basically feats are now uh, leveled. Yes. Uh, so there are level requirements of feats. You can't just pick all the best feats at first level uh, anymore. Um, although that being said, there is a few pretty decent ones like Tough and stuff like that that are still first level feats, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and they're still and good finally, if you take them later too. And they're still good if you take them later. And the thing, and and I kind of like that. It means you know, I feel like that's going to get a bit more variety. They're also revising a lot of the feats yes. as well. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we're going to get going to get a bit more variety because people aren't going to be taking the same feats over and over. Everyone just goes straight for the, the five or six that they know and that they love. Whereas I feel like people might be a bit more obliged to choose from a different one that, you know, maybe the ones they'd normally go to are a bit higher level. Let's go for some of these other first level ones and just experiment a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah and then uh, we have equipment as well. Um, they've done a cool thing, which is probably a very tedious task for them to work out, but they've done a cool thing uh, where every character's starting equipment equals exactly 50 gold pieces. Um, whereas previously there was a whole thing of like some characters like nobles I think I think charlatans yeah. had items that were slightly more expensive uh, so it made sense to pick them as a starting one if you just wanted to do the whole the thing you do in like Bethesda games where like you spawn in you grab it, you grab every cup and bowl and plate possible and you just sell them all and you get like a gold piece each <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you just fill up your inventory instead now there's uh, every every class is worth the same entering but you obviously still get your, your different stuff and it says your character gains 50 gold pieces to spend on starting equipment uh, the character keeps any unspent GP as spare coin bear in mind you also still have your thing uh, when you are a when you, when you select your class, presumably your class is still going to carry with it, pick one martial weapon, one yeah. type of armor, and all that kind of stuff as well. But this is more so for the what would have normally been background equipment, like you get a Dungeoneer's pack and you get an Explorer's pack and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, totally. Something to point out uh, before we go jumping into this. So um, there is a, a new mentality that uh and jeremy crawford talks about this in a in an interview with todd kenrick um he talks about how they want you to think of the custom background as being the primary background option going forward whereas previously uh the custom background was kind of like the it was like hey pick one of these pre-made ones or if you want as an alternative, you can pick, you can make a custom one. Now they want to turn that on its head, and they want to say, "Hey, the custom one is actually what we want you to pick. We want you guys to really get into it and, and decide all the nitty gritty about what you want in your character." But if you're in a rush and you just want to make a character quickly and you're not too fussy, here's some pre-made options you can choose from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, do you want to jump into any? So we have a bunch here of uh, some some we know already that have been revised, and some are brand new. Is there any ones yeah, of this list, Martin, that are jumping out to you as uh, as interesting? There was one just because we um, were talking about similar stuff. Where did it go? I'm just why am I just blind when I'm looking at walls of text and I'm scrolling? Um, I literally was looking at this a second ago. Okay, so it has to hang on. Where are we? It has to be before this. Alphabetical, Martin. I I know. This is why I'm annoyed. <laughs> Where the fuck? I like that there's a farmer. First of all, I like farmer because now you can. Yes. I, I think as I'm, I think I mentioned it at the end, but now, but like now, if you pick farmer background and fighter, you can literally Maximus Decimus Meridius from Gladiator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um I also like that farmers get tough as their starting feet. Ah, uh, farmer strength. Like, 
Yeah, exactly. Lifting bales of hay and carrying cattle over the through the fields, like you're gonna be a you're gonna be a hefty boy. I watched. I I, I swear to God, I saw. The, where's the crafter background guy? Presumably under a C. I I know Connor, but I'm looking at it now. Like. No, the crafter I think is a feast. No. Oh, sorry. That's why it's not there. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, ignore me. Sorry. That's what I was looking at last before we started. Um. Let me see here. I need to have just a quick look through. Um, that was weird. Something just connected to my my lap, my PC there. Sorry if you heard that, guys. He's got a boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Um, sorry. Could you, Connor, do a favorite one there while I quickly look through all the rest of these? <laughs> uh, I was going to say Farmer as well as one that I really, really enjoy. Um. They have, what is it? They have a couple of new ones in there. They have Pilgrim uh, in there as well. I can't, uh, you I and can't. a group of like-minded believers, mostly humans and halflings, once endeavored to walk a thousand miles. And I will uh, walk a thousand more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to reach a faraway shrine, priests counseled at this, at this outset, uh, at the outset that long after the journey was completed, you'd come to realize that you found the key to your salvation, not at your destination, but somewhere along the road that led there. Um, that's an interesting one. They have nobles, they have hermit, gladiator is one, uh, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we got a whole bunch. There was an interesting thing pointed out. It's guide as well. Yes. Uh, which I feel like is uh is kind of a given. I feel like when you introduce NPCs, sometimes you're like, hey, this person will be your basically your point of contact, your your guide while you're here in town, or if you want to know mm -hmm. anything. And it's a way of like. I think DMs do that an awful lot. They kind of introduce a character to be that talking point, whereas if you want to ask something, this is the person you ask it to. Mm -hmm. um, but it's cool having it as a defined background. I, um, aside from, sorry, aside from the farmer, I do actually quite like the guard. Uh, plus two strength, mm -hmm. plus one wisdom. You get athletics and perception, which are uh, two skills that are often cu coupled together. Uh, you get a choice of gaming set, which makes sense because you need something to do while you're on shift um, that isn't you know, guarding. Uh you get Dwarvish, which I wasn't sure why, but then when I actually read the background, it, it's, it specifies that like as part of your guard duties, you slept in a barracks that both had your your fellow guardsmen, and also the, they specified that it was Dwarvish smiths that looked after your weapons and armor. So that's why you have Dwarvish as a language when you take that background. Yeah, there was a, there was a point when we were reading this together, and we were kind of looking at each other like, this is a little... Because obviously they're trying very hard to kind of disassociate stereotypes and avoid pigeonholing but if you're uh, a gladiator you speak orc yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, and and at first i was like this seems like a real step backwards uh if if because you you seem to have made strides elsewhere and fallen back here but when you take into account that crawford has said we don't these are just some presets we've thrown together yeah. as examples for you it does but they're not necessarily we want you to make custom ones for your character very specifically so I get that. There's also like halflings have, or you know, farmers learned halfling as well. Yeah. And so some of these come across as like, uh, one could argue like Tolkien-esque kind of uh, cliches. Um, but I, also, I, I get they're just throwing together ideas and then you can either choose from this or take this and customize it or customize it right from scratch. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like there's there's definitely some... Uh, it, it, it's, it's not quite as bad or as much of a misstep as it seems like mm. originally. But with, with, when you know that their intent is, hey, here's some examples we threw together, but by all means, make whatever you want, mm -hmm. then it's, I, think, I think it's less problematic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, and they do shout it out as they say these are sample backgrounds rather than 
you know, yeah. like actual background backgrounds like they're listed in um, the current PHP. Yeah, probably calling them presets probably is, is doing it a disservice. Mm. Sample backgrounds is probably a much, you know, yeah. it's like a case of here's one I made earlier, but like you don't have to pick this one. Yeah, and I do... Um, in I, fact, we, we prefer you didn't. <laughs> yeah, please make your own, yeah. Um, no, I do actually really like the equipment that they've listed for the sample background for the guard as well, because they all, like, even if you were to change... Like, honestly, if I was going to gonna take the guard background, I probably wouldn't change anything. I might change the language, and like depending on what the background of my guard is, if I yeah. was taking the guard. You know, from that, great fly. Uh, there's, that fly was literally hovering around my mouth. Uh, but, uh, like, so they get 20 crossbow bolts, they get a gaming set, same as above. That's the one listed above, rather. You get a hooded lantern, a light crossbow, manacles, a quiver, spear, traveler's clothes, and 12 gold pieces. Like, the manacles, quiver, spear, bolts, and the crossbow and the hooded lantern all super speak, like, white run town guard to me like you know that kind of way yeah you yeah know, like, I get you. like as soon as i saw a hooded lantern i heard who goes there in my head like, yeah <laughs> must have been the wind <laughs> what did you lose your sweet roll <laughs> um i'm also just noticing because i was looking through there all the all the backgrounds have one language and i reread it there you choose one language from the standard languages mm. and rare tables so not one and one it's just one from both of those tables yeah. um but yeah um, I like what they're doing with backgrounds here. It makes way more sense to have the ability scores tied to them. I also like that they're a little bit more uniform. Some backgrounds kind of like had certain skills or or didn't, and then some had tool proficiencies and some didn't. And there was a bit of a... Uh, obviously, I think they balanced mostly, but um, I like the idea that you, you definitely get skills, you definitely get a tool, you definitely get a language, you definitely get a feat, um, and then you got your equipment as well. Uh, guard equipment is crossbow, gaming set, hooded lantern, light crossbow, manacles, quiver, spear, traveler's clothes, twelve gold pieces. I love that. That's mm. it. Just it, I and I, do you know what? I, I do you know what I always hated actually about making characters. They'd go like, you get this item and this item, and then a an, an explorer's pack, and then you need to go and look up what's in an explorer's pack, yeah. and there's like twelve different things in there. You need to go and list separately now. It's like, I I I'm I'm kind of glad that they're just like giving us. Remember... Are they still giving us those packs? In any of these, I don't I, think so. I don't think so. I think I think that's been done away with now. When you do the you know the fifty gold and you take all your equipment because your equipment used to consist of like your weapons and your like gaming set and your the tools you're proficient with and then like yeah. either a dungeoneer's pack or a priest's pack or an explorer's pack. Um, but like, but I, what will I do without my pittance, Martin? I, I was just, I was actually just gonna <laughs> I was just gonna say like I distinctly remember the first time I I would all right I'm gonna take out some pittance and hammer them into the wall here and keep and like attach my rope to the wall so we don't have to like tie knots and shit and people are like yeah. you can what now? Yeah, but look in these packs. It's basically like someone gives you like a bundle of like stuff and you go oh cool I'll open it later and you never do. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you're, you, it's like you're, you're surprised when you're like, I have a hammer and pittens and I've got this, I don't know, this bear. Some, some of them come with traps. I think yeah, no, yeah. it's at a separate thing, but oh, yeah, one no, of the that's, Outlander, I think, gets, a, gets an animal trap or something. Yeah, like I think it's the it's either Outlander or um, Hermit. You get a bear trap. You get a hunting trap. Yeah. And I've always been like, you give me a hunting trap and a rope. Can I tie those two together and onto someone's head? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That would be silly. Um, Speaking of that, I think that's the thing they did. That's the thing they actually did in Prey at one point. When the Predator was fighting. Yeah, he, yeah. he picked up a bear trap and a chain and he flung it at some dude and it latched onto his head. <laughs> it was pretty sick. Oh, God. Sorry. We'll stop giving Prey spoilers without warning now. Yeah, sorry. Just watch it. Yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. It's really, really damn good. Um, the Urchin one I quite like as well. 
Um, one is in Urchin. Plus two dex, plus one wisdom. You get insight and stealth. Uh, thieves tools, common sign language. Uh, and you get lucky as a feat. And I like that you get yeah. sign language as a language. Because it just reminds you, like... like um, do you know what? There's always, like, a scene in a movie where there's, like, a gang of pickpocket children. They're, like, waiting around the corner. And they're, like... Like, sign into each other. Like, we're going to rob this guy. Just everyone be quiet. Hiding the shadows here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very, it very much reminds me of, like, stuff from books I've read as well. Um, so I, I quite like that one. And, like, the farmer one's always fun. Just farmer. Like, I'm a farmer. I just... I decided one day to stop reaping corn and start reaping souls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look forward to the day that someone shows up and they've just picked the farmer background and they're just like yeah uh, i'm a human uh i'm like 25 uh i i just i i just finished up the season with my parents yeah. they're both still alive um and now i'm coming out here to uh to just make a bit of money for myself um i, I managed to buy a sword uh, and a shield and the shield's made of wood nothing uh, special no crest no nothing um, and I just thought I'd give it a go, you know, and you're just like the most bright eyed, naive uh, young fella trying to be a, a hero or a dragon slayer. Yeah, I, um, I don't know, like if I, if I was going to be, pick the farmer background and human and all that stuff that you just listed out, I couldn't, I, I, I'd have to pick a farmer that just messes people up with a slash hook. Like it would be too much yeah. fun. Like a sickle for a sickle for people outside of Ireland. That's what we call, that's what we call them in the, in the countryside in Ireland, slash hooks. Um, I like the sailor background as well, just because it seems it fits what my idea of like a pirate. But it might just be because of how my sailor background character in, in the campaign I run plays, because <laughs> they get um plus two dex plus one wisdom, acrobatics and perception. You get navigators tools, primordial as a language, so assumedly assumedly Aquin. Aquin, yeah. Uh, and then tavern brawler is a feat. Tavern brawler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. I just and I think even Crawford uh, brought this up in the video he had. And someone I think um uh what's his name? Interviewer. Uh, Todd Kenrick. Todd Kenrick. Kenrick pointed out that he he saw that and he loved it. And they were like, well, yeah. I mean, surely if you're if you're docking in multiple ports uh, over the year and and you're going into taverns, maybe you get a little bit drunk. Maybe you get a bit rough with a couple of people, like you know. And it's just I think it's a, that's really really fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's really cool. Um, and I think I, most people who take sailor as a background are going to play a pirate character. Yeah, so it goes yeah. with the whole ruffian Jack kind of, Sparrow uh, and Tortuga kind of thing, like yeah, smashing bottles of rum on people's heads and stuff like that. <laughs> um, very very cool. I love what they're doing with backgrounds. Mm. Um, because backgrounds always felt like a bit of an afterthought. Very much. Um, so. you know, you, you your your ancestry and your class yeah. were the main things, but backgrounds carry a lot more weight now. Like the one um, time I remember my background ever coming in like clutch in something was when we were playing our first campaign where I was playing Eru and I had it that I was like the orphan son of a now like basically like non existent royal line. But that gave me the but and I took the noble background because of that. And then when we went to, I think it was Murder Stone with the refugees. I Don't worry in, folks, it's not all made of stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love that joke. Not, you love I'll that never joke. Not make that joke. But because I had the noble background, I could arrange a meeting with the like monarch yep. of the city and talk to him on an even pegging like uh, just we're back to pegs pegs again. Um, but I could talk to him at an at an even even level and array and like essentially so like we met, we met we met the lord of the city. We we pegged a little yeah. bit. Uh. <laughs> but I, I could essentially like. Uh, why can I not think of the word uh, negotiate? I could essentially negotiate with him, and he would, and he would negotiate with me on a, with a certain level of respect because I had like a signet ring. 
because that's in your background yeah. when you have when you take noble you get a signet ring it's it's, it's actually in this one as well oh is it it's in noble here as well yeah if you look at it um they get uh fine clothes a gaming set perfume a signet ring and 24 gold pieces ah uh, yes 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 yeah no so yeah uh, i think that yeah i think with um old noble you used to get like 50 gold pieces as well as your equipment yeah, but yeah. again, they they've balanced out the coin yeah, uh, yeah. that that everyone starts out with. She's must be um, a cheap signet ring. Uh, yeah, she's <laughs> if, if you get your fine clothes and your gaming set and and some perfume as well. It's just um, one of them big gold monstrosities with like a bulldog on it. It's one of those ones, you know, when you put the coin into the machine and you turn the knob and the little plastic egg comes out. Yeah, it's yeah, a it's yeah. a re, it's a ring you got in there. Your great 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 grandfather got yeah. it one of those, and it's been in your family ever since. If you put it up to your lips and blow, it makes a whistling sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're very cool. Um, I like I, yes. I yeah, even though they're sample stuff, um, and like, I might like I think yeah, whatever we end up playing our next or uh, another game or I play play my next character, I, I think I will go for a custom background in like because then you can like write your own thing and you can do. I, I think I'll give it a go but I will definitely use the sample backgrounds as like a framework to build my own world oh yeah yeah and I mean that's the great part is that you can you can select one of those and just you know pick, pick out a couple of things you don't like and put in something different mm-hmm. one thing I I mean one thing I don't see here is that normally your backgrounds would also inform your um your flaws and your ideals yes. and your bonds and stuff I don't know if they're just leaving those out for the sake of like not having that additional weight but if they are encouraging people to take the custom background as the primary option uh where does that leave you when you when it comes to like you know uh, picking their flaws and stuff like normally when you pick like soldier it'll give you a list of 10 flaws and it goes pick one or more of these um but they're very specific to the soldier whereas it's like how does that work then if you're picking a custom background do you just pick from a huge long list uh, of them and, and pick any of these laws you want or write them yourself but... uh, honestly if I'm being honest like even with log like I know when I was when I was making on a D&D when I was making on my D&D Beyond that you know you could pick like I think I'd want like George but like I ran I once ran 20 miles in a day to deliver a warning to my clan and I would do it again and like I picked that because it fit the character at the end the like yeah. values I already had in my head for that character but in terms of like how I actually play him in terms of his like his bonds his flaws his ideals that's all stuff that I just thought of that I didn't that like I didn't pull like you know, stuff mm. was obviously probably already there in the text that would correlate with what I wanted to do anyway but in terms of like actually picking and deciding that I didn't look at that I just went this is my idea of the character and also a lot of that I didn't even put in when I was starting either like I think like yeah. the best way to play I think probably the best way to do that stuff is to play your character for a while and see how you naturally react to stuff as that character and like other than like bonds and stuff like that like bonds and like enemies and stuff like that that's easy to decide at level one and they and yeah. they also progress and grow I have a massive list of enemies on D&D Beyond now every now and again I go and I check your your uh, your character sheet I'm always going to go into everyone's character sheets but I was checking yours a couple of months back and I didn't realize you have like a list of enemies and it's literally like a mile long. And I'm like, oh man, I put Lug through the ringer. But it's got, but to be fair, it, it, a lot of them are deceased. A lot of them is like name deceased. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you've been, you've been checking them off. There's a couple, um, there's a book. No, well, oh God, well, well, let's, oh no. Let, yeah, no, let's, let's focus on this now because I'm trying to block all that out of my head so I don't, so I can sleep for the next few days to be play. Uh, for those who are wondering, uh, 
our our game that I'm running is currently teetering on the edge of a, of a TPK. Um, and it's my so fault. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Damn you and your character growth. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, that's it for feats. backgrounds. Uh, we'll go into feats. Uh, so feats, like we said, are, are leveled now. Sorry, I'm just um, shoving all that stuff back into the compartment I had it kept in. <laughs> Uh, feats are leveled. Mm. We only have examples of first level feats here, I believe. Um, we've had previous all... examples of ones that did level though, and we've actually done episodes on them when we did the UAs for Dragonlance. And yeah, and Strixhaven as yes, well. Strixhaven. Uh, Strixhaven, book, Strixhaven has the Prismarity student, the Witherbloom student, the yeah, and other has the apprentice and the, the adept, I think, and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And then there's um, like the there's the where it was the Dragonlance ones, but it was the Squire of Salamnia into Knight of Salamnia, and then you could pick your you'd like three different kinds of knights you could pick. It was like Knight of, it was like Rose, crown, it was like Rose, Rose Crown and Sword. I want to say something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I like that idea though, and um, I I also kind of like the idea, like I said, of of like having level feats because like people tend to go of all the feats that are there, people tend to jump for the same ten or so. Grand Weapon Master, like, Sharpshooter, Tough, Alert. Yeah. Uh, what's the other? What are the other OP ones? Uh, crossbow Expert. Uh, if you sometimes, yeah. If, if you if people don't always go for oh, crossbows. Oh, no, yeah. how did I forget? Sentinel, Polar Master. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Sentinel Three actually had a, so had a video good. about that recently. Yeah, uh, I that, the it. combination is it's very. It, you know what? It's a good combination. It is very uh, reaction heavy, though. Yeah. So like. That's why you pick. Uh, uh, that's why you do that with. Um, Cobalt Soul. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you get more reactions. You can buy another one each turn. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very very good. Um, but yeah, so we have feats that are leveled now. Mm -hmm. Um, and not only that, but they may have a prerequisite to them as well. Uh, for example, uh, you must meet any prerequisites uh, specified in the feat to take that feat. If you lose the feat's prerequisite. You can't use the feed until you regain its prerequisite. The word prerequisite comes up an awful lot there. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have repeatability as well. If a feed is repeatable, you can take it more than once. If it isn't repeatable, you can take the feed only once. Gotcha. So uh, this, I believe some feats were already like that. You could say you could take something again, potentially. Um, I'd I have to check that. I want to say that there's... I want, actually, Magic I initiate and probably martial initiate, I would say. Yeah, uh, not magic initiate. I don't think, but I want to say. But you can just pick a different spell this time. Uh, I'll double check that now. I want to say that there was one for when you were picking. Uh, your, what you call it? It's one for like it's like weapon master or something like that. At least you get proficiency in three martial weapons or yeah, three weapons of your choice. That feat was trash. Like uh, you know, she said Mar martial doesn't say you can do it. That Mar that weapon master one does not say that. Um, That's good because if you, Jesus, like using one one ASI slash feet for weapon yeah. math, I like I honestly, if I was DMing and someone and I was like, oh, you got a level up? Are you gonna do an ASI or a feet? And someone was like, yeah, I'm gonna do a feet. Like, oh, which feet are you gonna do? I'm gonna do weapon master. I'd be like, I right, right, it's time for an intervention. Like I, I need to sit you down and explain why this is a trash feat and you're wasting your time. Like. <laughs> Uh, Magic Initiate doesn't allow it either. I could have sworn there was one or two that let you do more than once. But either way, um, it's it's cool that there that you have this idea now that there are repeatable ones, mm -hmm. and that if you want to to buff up this one thing, particularly a particular amount, you can. 
It's kind of um, like expertise, I suppose. Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then having the prerequisites as well. I'm trying to look, is there any here that have... No, all of them are no, none. The repeatable... Okay, so Magic Initiate here is repeatable. Mm. It says, yes, you. Uh, but you must choose a different spell list each time. Um, so you can't just double down on picking the cleric spell list over and over yeah. to get a bunch of different cleric spells. I wonder, uh, will they do that with Martial Initiate as well? And And how would they do that? Martial initiates the one that gives you the the one well, superiority device and two maneuvers. Yeah, um, that's actually a, that's actually a feat I'd like to see revised. Uh, I think we all would. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe though. Um, whatever way they revise it, though, yeah, maybe that could be one that you could take more than once. Um, and you can get again. It has to be it, from from its base. It would have to be rejigged because yeah. it doesn't work I think uh, as it is currently. That's tied to the discussion we had around fighters and battle masters in two two episodes previous as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm seeing skills here is listed as repeatable as well, but that makes sense. It's just pick yeah. three proficiencies. Um, uh, pick three for choosing three skills, which you, you're giving for. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing absolute. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm seeing none of them that show as prerequisites. So I actually don't know what would qualify as a prerequisite. Are they maybe? Are they? Are they sticking with? See, okay. I, I honestly think the prerequisite is related to um, more so, like, than anything that's going to show up here, more so what's coming out in December, which is the Dragonlance book, where you need, if you want the Maybe. Knight of Salamnia, you need to be a squad oh, yeah. of Salamnia no, first. I, yeah, I'm dumb, yeah. Sorry. That um, makes perfect sense. Same yeah, that, with that the, you would have to... uh, the Prismarity and the Strixhaven stuff. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to pick the Apprentice before you can pick one of these other... Exactly. Yeah, sorry, I'm being weird about that. Um, I am actually wondering what they're going to do with the uh the racial ones and Xanathar's. Um because a lot of those kind of play into the problems we've seen with um the representation of race and ancestry and stuff like that in D D. Um some of them I don't think are too bad. Yeah, like but... halfling halfling luck I don't see a problem with like, you know. Uh that's the feat you can take, isn't it? Or like or Halfling or Halfling or Luck is one yeah. Or rather like Dragon Fear. Like Dragon Fear is a feat you can take, I'm pretty sure. Uh, there's two for Dragon One. It's Dragon yeah. Fear and Dragon Hide is the yes, other one. Yes, 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 yes. Dragon Fear and Dragon um, Hide. Uh, and then there's like yeah. Elven, Elven Prodigy. Or Elven Accuracy. That was another one. Elven Accuracy. And, but like that one that again, so but that one is more tied to that, that one in its description is like you have you have like a high level of proficiency with Elven weaponry. It doesn't even say that I don't, but you do have to be an Elf to take that. You have to be an elf or a half elf of some kind yeah. in order to take it. Yeah. yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm thinking here like I'd how imagine, does that? Actually, I'd imagine that's probably how those would show up with a prerequisite. That'll be it. Like your prerequisite, you must be an elf or half elf. Yeah. Uh, oh, bountiful luck is the halfling one. Yeah, because and you can take lucky then again with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, there's such a, a broken build if you like take all the dice manipulation stuff like that. Divine yeah, I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon fear is here. Um, increase your yeah see I don't know they, these will either have to be reworked or some might just get cut I don't know Um, but again like you don't want to be it's a bit of a weird one because you're not saying that this is specifically well it, you kind of are because it, by having a feast that is like hey only halflings or only elves can take this feast and the feat makes you really good at this stuff it kind of implies that those people are inherently good at this thing. There's an argument to be made that it could be a cultural reinforcement, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it that way. I think, to be honest. I, I think it'll depend on how it's phrased. Yeah. Yeah. 
it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Actually, while we're on the topic, actually, is Anathars. So I brought this up to you guys the other day because I was I was in work and I was uh, I was on my computer and I was like something came to mind. And I was like, oh, I should check that. We got this year mm-hmm. in twenty two. Um, we got monsters of the, monsters of the multiverse. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what you're going to say. Yeah. Uh, and then four years ago, we got um um Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. And a few year, a couple of years before that, we got Volus Guide to Monsters as well. Mm. So those were two additional monster compendiums we got. They had some other stuff as well, like uh, different ancestry options you could pick for your character. But we basically got these two monster compendiums. Um, and then four years after Tasha's has come out, mm-hmm. we ended up getting um, a basically a revision, which was in the form of Monsters of, of the Multiverse, which had all those monsters again. But then revised and their stat blocks were kind of given new abilities and tweaked and stuff like that and we also got all the ancestries that were in those books as well again but again revised and brought and updated for the new rules and that was four years after uh xanathars came out right mm-hmm. um now we are in 22 we just this year or we in in 2018 we got oh, i'm getting mixed up sorry not xanathars I'm going to mix up. But we got Xanathar's... So I'm talking about the two monster books, first of all. Volos yeah. and... Mordenkainz. Mordenkainz. And then from the two of them, we got uh, Monsters of the Multiverse. Yes. Four years after the release of the second book in, in that pair. Then we got uh, Xanathar's and we got Tasha's. Tasha's came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. And they're planning a release of, a, of an updated player's handbook in 24. Yes. I'm going to say it now, and it's my theory, could be wrong, but it's my theory that if they're, if, if a similar framework is put in place, that they will probably release the new player's handbook with all of the subclasses so far, all updated to correspond with the new rules. Um, and when basically that will be a really, really fat player's handbook we get. Chunky boy. And it, yeah, and it'll have literally every single subclass we've gotten to date. Mm. Well, barring the ones that were like discontinued from like Sword Coast and stuff like that. Yeah. But all the ones that were in the regular player's handbook updated. The base classes will probably get updated. Um the uh Tasha's and the Xanathar's ones will all be in there and updated. And I can finally stop giving out about the Arcane Archer. <laughs> we'll see and if the, they change the Beastmaster Ranger. If they change it. And the elemental monk. But I I I'm gonna make a bold prediction here that uh I reckon, look, I reckon so 2024, when they say it, they're basically we're going to get 60 or 5.5, whatever it's going yeah. to be. Um, I'm, like, along with what you were saying about the, like, we're probably going to get, like, a chunky boy PHB with yeah. all the stuff in it, I'm willing to bet we'll get a book called Someone's Bountiful Bestiary, and it will be the entirety of the 5e bestiary in one book. Uh, as, as separate from, so, like, everything that's in the mon- in Monster... Well, Monsters of the Multiverse and everything in the Monster Manual. Yeah, like everything in one big book. Okay. I'm, go- I'm going to disagree called, with you on that. And it'll be just because... Blank's Bountiful Beast Theory. Uh, okay. I'm going to disagree with you on that purely because I think they'll definitely re-release the Monster Manual. And it might have a different name. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh. They might call it something like that. Mm. But um, it will it will have all the core monsters from the regular Monster Manual updated. Ooh. I don't think they will compile Monsters of the Multiverse into it because Monsters of the Multiverse is already updated for the new rule set. So I don't think they'll reprint it into another book. I think they'll they'll keep that as a separate product from the perspective of like let's not split our mm-hmm. our costs on this and let's have them buying this book for this and this book for that. Your, because uh, I think that they're going to try and keep the. Oh. 
Can yeah. I still be heard? You can, but you're about a second out. Okay, well, look. It's fine. Okay. It doesn't matter. As long as, as long as people can hear me. As long yeah, as the yeah. people can hear my heavenly soothing voice, Martin, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, um, yeah. So, sorry. That, that, that's that's my prediction, anyway. Um, that's your prediction. We'll see. Bountiful Beast uh, It's too good a name not to use. It'll, is there any of, the, any of those core wizards from the old days... Uh, Bigby, Bigby's Bountiful Beast. Bigby's Bountiful Beast theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think he's doing the. I think he's the one on the giant book. Um, oh really? I think it's like Bigby's. Oh, the giant. I, yeah, you carry on talk. Oh, that's what it turned on. <laughs> the so the the boop boop boop. People probably heard earlier was my uh, me accidentally turning on my drawing pad, my drawing tablet. Oopsie. Oh okay. Um, so you'll hear another one there as I turn it off. Um, but you keep you keep talking there. I'm going to try and find um the thing. Because there's a listing okay. of, uh, of the, and, it, and it was like, it, I think it's called the Glory of Giants. Okay. Because it's got all those giant options that we talked about before. Uh, yes, we did a, we did a UA episode on that. Uh, I think that was just, just before. That was our last one before. Our break, yeah. Our break, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, on to some of the feats. Yes. Uh, so, uh, we have a lot of ones we recognize here. We have Alert. Um, yes. And it, we... I, I actually really like the changes to Alert. Yeah, so we won't go through all of them because there's a lot here, but uh, some of these have been updated and kind of tweaked that you can actually get some pretty cool abilities out of them. So with uh, with Alert, um, when you roll initiative, you can add your proficiency bonus to the roll, which is pretty cool. Um, and also, um, immediately after the roll, after you roll initiative, you can swap your initiative with another... Uh, with the, Oh, God. Immediately after you roll your initiative, you can swap your initiative with the initiative of another willing ally. <laughs> the word initiative appears way too much there. It's got to be a simpler way of saying that. Uh, another ally in the same combat, you can't make this swap if you or the ally are incapacitated. That's pretty cool oh, if you want to like, rearrange the Your order. audio and uh, video are back in sync. This is great. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes... Um, I, I'm really happy to see this come in. I think this is this is something that people were kind of doing if your DM would let you do it anyway in 5e. But I, I, I think it's a mechanic that has been long needed in 5e or wanted by many people. Like, I wouldn't, like, you could, like, that, I think a mechanic for that and then a mechanic for, like, combo attacks. Like, an actual written-in mechanic for combo attacks is the other thing that I think 5e could yeah. really do with. Because, like, I think I know like in I only mentioned it because it's the only time I've actually seen it in like a live play setting or any other kind of setting was when I was watching an episode of Critical Role and Matt let them do a combo attack. I think it was, like I think like someone like struck someone's sword with lightning as it was strike as they were striking someone and it was okay. like lightning slash sort of thing. Um and like that like that was really, really cool and I really liked that. I think I tried to do one or two like but I would love to see an actual like source book printed raw like rule yeah for like combo attacks because that's it, so we, fantasy we might get something like that you never know because for a lot of stuff they seem to be revising and kind of like doing some fairly some fairly big tweaks on this some other it's a, i was right by the way it's a in spring 2023 big beat presents glory of the giants oh so it's big cool nice yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome um i'm looking here at some of the other ones we get um, there's a musician, a musician feat now. Yes. Um, you can do uh, so you get proficiency in some instruments, but also you get a thing called inspiring song. Yeah. As you finish a short rest or a long rest, you can play a song on a musical instrument which you have a uh, tool proficiency and give inspiration to allies who hear the song. The number of allies that uh, can be affected in this way equal to your proficiency bonus. That's a pretty cool feat and like a mechanical way to encourage people to be musical. Yeah. You know, um, it gives you like a tiny bit of bird as well. 
Sorry? Gives you like a tiny bit of bard without, without stepping on the bard's toes. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, do you know what? I, I ran for um, uh, I ran for a uh, my my wife's brother and a couple of his friends years ago, and one of them wanted to play a fighter, but he kind of wanted to be also be like a noir detective, but also like a musician who was really into poetry and stuff. <laughs> um, and like every now and again, when he wanted to like, he, if he wanted to try and distract someone or convince someone of something. For no reason at all, he just started quoting Seamus Heaney poems, <laughs> and he and he a just four, recite them at the a four foot box, a foot for every year. He, yeah, he just sit there and he he'd stare me dead in the face, and he just he just recite them off in a dead serious, deadpan way, and then go roll for it so, and he'd roll high, and I'm like, yeah, I guess you really like this unique poetry your character just came up with on the fly. You're gonna regret telling me that. I'm gonna do that in some one shot. You're right now. I play a bard, and I will just quote like every poem I learned in college at you. Yeah. Um, one I'm excited about here is they've updated the uh the healing feat or the healer feat, it's I should say. So much better. It's so much better. It is. So if you remember previously, you basically got the ability, uh, I'm going to bring it up here. Previously, uh, when you use the healer's kit to stabilize a dying creature, the creature also re uh, regains one hit point. And you also got the thing, as an action, you can expend one use of a healer's kit to tend to a creature uh, and restore 1d6 plus 4 hit points, plus additional hit points equal to the creature's maximum number of hit dice, so basically your, your level. Yeah. Um, the creature can't regain hit points this way again until they finish a short or long rest. Um, now, so that, that wasn't terrible, and I actually had planned on taking it for a character I was going to play, um, but now what we have is you know, the first uh, aspect of it is called Battle Medic. Um, if you have a healer's name. kit, it's a cool name, uh, you can expend one uh, use of it. If you have a healer's kit, you can expend one use of it to tend to a creature within five feet as an action. That creature can expend one of its hit dice, and you, uh, uh, and you then roll that die, the creature regains a number of hit points equal to the roll plus your proficiency bonus. So a similar, a bit weaker, but a similar thing, but also it doesn't limit you from doing it only once per short or long rest. You can do that over and over as long as there's still hit dice and uses of your healer's kit to spend. That is like ridiculously good if you have a zealot barb. Uh, true, yeah. You can just combat medic them back after they drop to zero hit points. But it's a d12, yeah. So a d12 and in your proficiency. Yeah, it's a d12, and then if they're raging, they can't die, and then they have resistances as well, so that's like 24. If they're all 12, that's like a 24 in reality. Like, that's Man, really I, or, I already hate Celebrab. You know? I know, I know, it's so great. <laughs> Every time you have to ask me, is he dead yet? <laughs> I, I was reading up on it recently, and I was like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. It's very hard. There's still There are ways to kill Celebrabs, but it's like specific spells or specific strategies you need to do uh, it's like if you're just hitting them, they're not going to die. Never. Yeah. Um, and then the next part we have here is he healing. Uh, healing rerolls. Whenever you roll a die to determine the number of hit points you restore with a spell or with the uh, with this feat's battle medic benefit, you can reroll the die if it rolls a one, uh, and you must use the new roll. That's also really really cool. Based. Um, no Based nothing sucks uh, sucks worse than rolling a one on a cure wounds or anything like that. So now you can basically reroll that. Actually, you can't think of it. Let me just have a look. When you reroll the die, the hit points restored. You can reroll the die if that basically does that mean that if you cast healing word at a higher level, because it says you can reroll. Oh, you can reroll a die. No, sorry. When you roll a die. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So if you roll three d eight plus, you know, wisdom or whatever as mm -hmm. a cleric, on a third level cure wounds, and on two of them you roll ones, can you reroll those two? The way that's written there, I would say you can pick a dice to reroll a die rather to reroll there. But if you've rolled one die, you can, yeah, obviously. 
Yeah, it's it's yeah, that could definitely do a bit of clarification. I, I, I honestly think that's probably more intended to work with. I'd imagine that was thought up initially to work with the battle medic feature, and then they tacked on the bit about healing spells after. Maybe, maybe. That, that's what it feels like to me anyway, because that works perfectly with battle medic. Um, because you just pick a hit die for them to roll. I'm gonna we're gonna go past feats for now, okay. and there's a few other other tweets. Not a huge amount of feats there, but all first level feats. Basically, what you need to know is that there there's level appropriate feats now. Mm -hmm. Um, again, prerequisites repeatable, and a lot of them have gotten updates. So a, a prime example is that that healer one or the alert one. There's... They're far more. Mm, they're they're more in line with what the rules mm -hmm. of the of the game are now when things are based on proficiency and stuff like that. Um. And they're also, like, they, they, in the most part, they seem to be a bit more powerful yeah. there, um, across one, the board. There's one, can I just quickly run over it there? Because um, sure. it's something that jumped out to me, because it's, it's a complaint we've had a lot this campaign, was that crafting in 5e doesn't make sense. It, for, particularly for more oh, yeah. advanced like magic items, it does not make sense. Um, and there is a crafter background now. Uh, no prerequisite, you can't repeat it. You're adept at crafting things and bargaining with merchants, granting you the following benefits. You gain two proficiency with three different artisans' tools of your choice, which is really good, to be honest, if you're specifically taking this to be a crafter. Um, yeah. You get a discount. Whenever you buy not a non-magical item, you get a 20% discount on it, which I'm kind of like, mm, like, it would have been cool for a magical item as well, but I can understand why it's non-magical item specifically. Uh, yeah. But faster crafting, you get a 20% reduction on crafting time as long as you have a proficient proficiency with the tool required to make the item. And that just says an item. It doesn't specify magic or non-magical. So that includes magic yeah. items. Um, I actually really, really like that. We did that. We, I think we both use the same kind of crafting rules anyway, where if someone helps you to work on that, it cuts the time down. Um, but I really like that there's just a feat you can take where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm an awesome crafter. Give me, like, I can do this in four-fifths the time of anybody else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's really good and like we we've gotten through crafting um, that's, that's definitely the way to put it <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, it, honestly it's just, it's just very time consuming mm -hmm. um if you want to make anything decent now i'm always encouraging you guys that like if you really really want an item to do a very specific thing yeah sure by all means craft it but like i'm of the opinion as like as a dm i will always make cool magic items available to you um and i'll try to make them maybe somewhat related to your character maybe they won't be they'll be related to what quest you're on so if you go fighting a bunch of giants maybe you'll find a giant pendant that does xyz and but they'll always and I, for me that's way more gratifying to be like oh i got this when i killed this storm giant and now it gives me a boost to whatever blah 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 mm -hmm. that's way more gratifying in my mind and, and more a better story to tell rather than oh yeah i spent six months downtime crafting this sword that does whatever you know I, I, the sword might be cool and really mechanically good but it's way better i think to tell the story of how you got the pendant rather than just yeah i had a shit ton of gold uh, i spent we basically sat around the table for a half hour and discussed what the sword will do and then i had the sword you know yeah yeah i get you um so we're gonna move on just a little bit here there are some rule are we going to talk, talk about the big controversial one that's got everybody's knickers in a twist yeah, we might as well because absolutely everybody is. There is some proper manchild rage happening over this room. Oh my! God, I'm Martin. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. We're gonna start cutting. No, it's just I'm I'm mostly over it now. But when this dropped, there was one big D and D YouTuber who does lore videos. I think I talked about it very briefly last week. He didn't name names. No, I don't think I did. We, we, you, I was you, angry you enough to name you, names. You, so you, didn't, name you names. didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You uh, didn't. You didn't rat yeah. anybody out. No. Um. But I think. 
Do I just by what you said there? Most people, if they're watching D and D videos on YouTube, can guess. Yeah. So this, this basically just put, this went off on a bit of a tirade on the internet, kind of like riling people up and pointing out the flaws and mm. this and stuff. And like, okay, before we get into the rules, last week, guys, it this these are these are playtest rules. It's for a test. Yeah. They're asking for your feedback. They want you to tell them if there's something wrong. You don't have to get all high blood pressure about it and go onto Twitter and start screaming about it and asking people's opinions and going, but don't you think this is this and losing your absolute marbles. All you need to do is wait until September 1st and log on to D&D Beyond and go onto the feedback section. And then you can be like, I politely think that this thing doesn't work because of X, Y, and Z reason. And then you can power off your phone and go and do something with your life. Because it's honestly, my blood pressure was through the roof reading all these angry tweets of people, just uh, people who like it, the thing had been out a day, and they're like, "But this is the worst." People were like talking about how D and D is over, and like this will be the downfall of it. Or if this is the way they're taking D and I'm not playing anymore. I, to which I say, "Good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need you if you're going to be this big of a baby about it." I also bet there was the exact same level of like complaining and people going ape shit when Five E was announced. Oh yeah, it, it man, it's it's people. It, like time is people cyclical. People don't like change. Yeah, um, but also it's D and D. You're the dungeon master. You can decide what rules do and do not apply, and what rules you want to make up that happen. All of yeah, us run crits. Good. Both of us run crits entirely differently from how D and D raw does it. We always have. Yeah. yeah. Um. So very quickly, you may have guessed which rule we're going to talk about now. <laughs> <laughs> very quickly off the bat, there is a um. Uh, there is a, a new clarification called a D20 test. Yes. This basically encompasses your attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws. It Honestly, this is more of a bookkeeping thing, just because, um, and, and probably better for new players, because anytime you read in the book that something gives you advantage on this, or you can use this inspiration dice on this, mm. they always have to say attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws. Correct. And it's a mouthful. So now it's like, you can use this on any D20 test. And you know that a T20 test is any of those three things. And I also think D20 test makes way more sense for new players because they're like, oh, it's any time I roll this D20? Yes, that's it. So straightforward. Mm. Um, so to jump into the controversial rule, they've basically, they have offered an alternative that they might consider about maybe implementing in Dungeons & Dragons if you decide to offer positive feedback on it, which is entirely your decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just for the or for the you know what's out there. You can yeah. just ignore it and make your own <laughs> goddamn rule because you're the dungeon master. So we basically have um, uh, the way it works now is so weapons and unarmed strikes mm. have a special feature for players and uh, for player characters. So specifically for player characters, critical hits. I call critical hits. If a player rolls a twenty for an attack roll with a weapon or unarmed strike just weapon or unarmed strike mm -hmm. the attack is uh, is also a critical hit which means that it deals extra damage to the target you roll the damage dice of the weapon or unarmed strike a second time and add the second roll to the uh, as extra damage to the target for example a, a, a mace deals a d6 your plus strength modifier if you score a critical hit you roll 2d6 and add your strength modifier if your uh, if your weapon or unarmed strike has no dice associated it deals no extra damage on a critical hit so there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. A couple of things to point out. One, this is now just for players. Monsters cannot crit you anymore. Monsters cannot crit you anymore. The reasoning behind this, and I don't entirely agree with it, 
I don't think it's a one-to-one. Uh, Crawford's explanation to this is that um, one, uh, when you critical hits can be kind of unpredictable, mm-hmm. and they can result in an unsatisfying or untimely death to a low-level character. You know, you you could play a first-level character, and if a bugbear crits you, they roll two d six plus three. I want to say that's going to be if you're at uh, level so now four d six yeah. plus three. That's going to drop you to below zero and probably outright kill you. No death yeah. saves required, like, depending on your. If you're a level one wizard and you get shanked by a goblin and that goblin rolls a crit it's probably going to kill you outright yeah yeah and also um, do you remember the time when dan was uh dan our, our warlock was on his flying broom and there was the giant centipede and he just moved away from it and it crit him and we had to do some real quick maths to find out if he was alive or not yeah i know he got crit on an opportunity attack yes. And because of all the poison damage this, this uh, worm did, or the centipede, or whatever it was, uh, yeah, things got hairy for about it, it was like, 15 minutes. It there. was like 10, 15 points away from instant death. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was, that was a hairy one. Um, so yeah, so there there is that. Now, is there a benefit to this to low-level players? I think so. I think that it's gonna it's a bit more of a safety net for those early first uh, one, mm-hmm. first, second, third level games where you don't want things to be too tough on players and i get that um actually uh nerd immersion offered an interesting point of like what if there are crits for monsters but only after only on monsters that are fifth challenge rating five or higher or something like that yeah and i'm like that's fine that makes sense that could that could work to represent like um, the ever scaling dam- uh, danger of the creatures you're fighting you're going from like bandits yeah. to red dragons in the same way that like creatures um who like you, you don't you tend to get legendary creatures once you get like to tenth level and higher. Mm. So what if from fifth level and higher, the creatures can now crit you? These, these are more powerful creatures; they're more likely to land a crit. That could be a that could be a very genuine mechanic I could see working. Mm. Um, I see why they're thinking of doing this. And they also their other um explanation was that, uh, they said that or Crawford rather said that. A lot of monsters have recharge abilities, such as like a dragon's breath weapon, mm-hmm. and this is sort of the special danger, the really big yeah. move that monsters use. Um, and but the only thing is, for the most part, the DM has more control over that because they they don't control when the dice rolls and it recharges, but they decide when it's going to hit. It's not going to be a random, you know, claw attack. It's going to be specifically, I want now to crank up the drama and the tension. I'm going to use the breath weapon. That one, I don't see. I, I don't see the two equating a crit, having crits because, in terms of like um, uh, the uh, action economy of the game, mm. um, I don't feel that having this ability where you can do this one thing and have to wait for it to recharge is the same as rolling a d20 and going, "Ooh, that was a bad hit he got on you." Um, uh, I don't think the two equate, and uh, and secondly, I don't think that um, that you need to be uh, punishing, not punishing, punishing is probably the wrong word, but you don't need to be uh, adding another feature to D and D that will further unbalance high level play. D and D from tenth level higher, it's already really really hard to threaten your players in a substantial way that makes fights dramatic and tense. Um, unless you were like, I put you, I put you guys up against four death knights a couple of weeks ago. Yep. You're all level fourteen, but like four death knights isn't like okay. As per the rules for calculating co- encounters, 
when I put one of them into it on D&D Beyond, it was, like, very hard. When I put two in, it was, like, deadly. And when I put the last two in, it had nowhere else to go because it had reached the maximum level on the meter. Like, that should have been an, an impossibly hard thing. Now, you guys are in a really bad way, but you came out of it. Like... We had to use a portion of Supreme Healing, I will just add. But yes. Yeah. But that's what I mean, though. But I mean, like, that, that kind of... And our Zealot Barb is in the I'm so angry I can't die phase now. Yeah. But I mean, that that's... That, that's should be taken into account when we're talking about high-level play. Mm. Players are going to have high-level healing potions. They're going to have high-level magic items. They're going to have these crazy high-level abilities. That's why they're so difficult to kill. I don't think we need to be um, diminishing a monster's action economy further by yeah. saying, not only are you one monster that only gets limited attacks and there's five players swinging swords at you here, but also now they can crit on you and you can't crit on them. It also um, entirely invalidates adamantine armor, is the thing. It does. I actually, I realized that today, um, that adamantine armor is just now pointless if yeah. players can't be crit. Um, personally, don't agree with that one. Uh, I think keeping crits for monsters. Um, I like I like having no control sometimes. I like when a monster crits someone, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I, but I can't be blamed for it. Yeah. Because I'm like I'm like oh, oh sorry Martin, you're now you're, you're taking thirty something hit points on that one there, and it should have only been like twelve, but yeah. because he crit you, you know. Um, yeah, I like that though. I like that level of unpredictability because sometimes there's things even I don't predict happening, and that makes for drama both for me and for you guys. You know. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, uh, this is only for weapons and unarmed strikes. This is a real okay. So more so than the monster one, I find some people are going back and forth on the monster yeah. one, and some people like it, and some people don't. And that's fine. Um, with the weapons and unarmed strikes, this is the big thing that people are very unhappy about. When you start messing with the amount of damage people can do, they get very, very, yeah. very annoyed. Because Rudes is written on this, smite and sneak attack do not get doubled when you crit. My, uh, smite and sneak attack, yeah. So smite is, is very definitive in how it's mm. written. Because it specifically says that your smite is additional damage on top of the... And or, or separate it specifies the damage. additional radiant damage. Yeah, and yeah. it also specifies that the weapon damage is a separate thing. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. Sneak attack is a bit more vague, it's, but it's strongly really leaning. It's really annoyingly worded as well, because it's additional damage of the weapon's type. Yes, yeah. exactly. So again, it's a little more vague, but again, strongly leaning in the direction that it also would count as extra damage. Yeah which doesn't count as weapon damage, even though it uses the same it's piercing the same damage, damage or whatever. It's type, but it's not weapon damage. Yeah. yeah. Um, furthermore, things like um, if you're playing a cleric and you have your, your, your flaming or poisoned weapon, they get at eight, they get at eighth level, I think they get it. Uh, holy, um, we holy weapon as well, oh, the spell. Holy weapon, the spell. Uh, elemental weapon, the spell. Mm -hmm. Hunter's mark. All Hex. of the smite spells. All of the smite spells, they are all separate damage on top and separate from the weapon damage. Mm -hmm. So in in a scenario where you are a paladin, or let's say you're 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 um, a, a rogue, and you go up and you're like, okay, I'm rolling a d6 for my, my short sword, and I stab this dude. Oh, I get sneak attack, and I crit. Now I'm going to roll these 5d6. You only double, you only add in one extra d6 for the short sword, all the other 5d6, so that crit that, that was 6d6 is now 7d6. You get one extra d6 for that crit, and that doesn't feel very impactful for what a crit should yeah. feel like. I like I Personally speaking, I, I, I think I do prefer the way it's currently done now, where like 
the way we, well, at least the way me and you r- rule it because um, I'm pretty sure we rule it the same is when you crit someone you double all the dice you roll then you add your modifiers and that's your final damage number so like if I'm if I'm doing the lug maneuver where I'm like giant and I have all my extra modifiers and my damage on and I crit yeah. someone on the first attack so it'll be like it'll be a D, D8 piercing a D6 radiance a D6 for giant mice and then like um, a D8 for my battle master no sorry not a D6 for my battle master maneuver and I yeah. and I double and I double those four uh, oh sorry yeah those four dice I double those four dice and then I add my mods but rules is written now I would just double the D8 from my spear just the D8 although yeah. it's his weapon damage so in, in the case of the spear because it's a D8 plus a D6 I yeah I think I think it's not really clarified in these new rules because magic items aren't really mentioned yet. Yeah. I think that would count as the weapon's damage. Yeah, because the, even though it's a different damage type than the piercing damage, the source of the damage is the spear. Is the weapon. Yeah. Yeah. So that I, weapon just innately yeah. does that because it's a magic item that does extra damage. Yeah, so I think I, that would count. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I would be of the same opinion because, again, the origin of it is it's weapon damage. It's from the weapon. Um, although... Uh, it, it, I'm sure they'll clarify it because I'm sure they're going to get a lot of feedback about the crit changes. Yeah, uh, I just looked it up as well. So clerics have today some some of the more martial clerics mm. get divine strike at eighth level. That is extra damage on top of the elemental, so that would also yeah. not be doubled. Eleventh level paladin improved divine smite. It also does not count for the hunter uh, ranger and their colossal slayer or any yeah. of those abilities. Uh, it doesn't count for any of the rangers. Because all the rangers get additional damage now, like a D- additional D6 or D8, just as part of their subclass. An interesting one, uh, and how it works, as it's written now, they may update this, is the the Horizon Walker. Mm. So the Horizon Walker gets anything where once per turn, when they attack somebody, they can do an additional D8 of force damage on the attack, and also all the attack damage is force. So even though all the damage is being changed by this magical ability, and it's two, it should be 2d8 on a longbow mm-hmm. uh, for this additional force damage, what would happen is you would take the initial d8, the secondary d8, you would only double the initial d8, so you'd, roll a, you'd basically roll one extra d8 for that initial one, mm-hmm. um, and that would be your extra damage, even though it's all force and it should all be this one synchronous attack. You don't get that. Um, it's, a really, it's, a, it's a weird ruling... Um, I don't, to clarify, um, I don't mind that uh, we're no longer doing crits on spells. That's another thing from this. So some people don't like that. This I'm, I'm so I can go either way. I'm not really too fussed on it. I'm, I'm, um, I'm cool because I once got absolutely wrecked in a player versus player situation by a cleric who just whole personed me and then inflict inflict wounds to me. And I got yeah. like hit for like it was like forty twelve doubles. It was like holy shit. Uh yeah, I'm I'm fine with that because here's the thing. Um most spells only a handful of cantrips and a handful of first, second and maybe third level spells use um use attack rolls. Most of them trigger saving throws instead. Mm-hmm. So I actually feel like it's not that big a loss to spellcasters to no longer be able to crit on spells. And the thing is, spells, they ramp up naturally anyway. Yeah. If you look at a fighter, most martial classes, not a fighter, but most other martial classes, uh, if every single turn, they will make a, a single D, you know, a long sword for, for toxic, a D8 damage on that, and a D8 damage on my second hit. Uh, by the time a spellcaster hits fifth level, 
they are also doing a, a D8 and D8 or a D10. Well, you know, we'll say whatever spell does a D8 on range. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, whatever cantrip does a D8 damage. Um, I think I think shocking grasp does. Yeah. So yeah. we'll say you do shocking grasp and shocking. Gra- you do one shocking grasp that does two D8, or you do two sword attacks that each do a D8. Great. Fifth level, we're both kind of doing similar damage. Eleventh level, most martial characters don't get that additional damage. Um, but spellcasters do. They get another D8 on top of that again. And then at 17th level, that's 4 D8. You can do every single round. No penalties, no resources. You can just spam that over and over and over again. It's also innately magical, and it's also you get a variety of damage types you can do in that scenario as well, giving you huge versatility. Whereas, again, most fighters... Uh, not fighters, rather, because fighters do get the additional hits, but most martial characters don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we're taking crits away, one... They barely use them anyway. And two, I feel like fighters maybe need a little something that gives them just the barest bit of a bump so they feel like they're competing a bit more with spellcasters. Because again, even if you look aside from cantrips, by 17th level, you have uh, wizards that are casting 9th level spells that do 10d10 necrotic damage and all this crazy stuff. And they can just do that as an action. Yeah, but you don't even Whereas... have to go that high. 5th level, you, like you said, fifth, if you're a full if you're a full, full caster... Fifth level, you get fireball. Uh, as a fight, yeah. as a as a martial character, martial class, you will get your extra attack feature. But like you said, if it's a longsword, that's cool. I can attack my longsword twice now. I have also the potential to miss, and if I miss, no damage. Fireball, yeah. I drop a fireball on a group of enemies, and even if they pass their save, unless they're all ninth level rogues, yeah. they still take half damage. They still take half of. I think it's sixty. Is it eighty six or sixty eight? I always. It's it's eighty six. Yeah, eighty six. So that's a forty six still, even if they pass their save. Like you know, it's there's there's some balance needs to be, and obviously there's balance done in like a fighter can take mo- like a rather than a fighter, but a martial class can take much more punishment than a wizard can. But like, yeah. you know, it's still like a wizard can do that from one hundred and twenty feet away. <laughs> I don't. I think just uh, even though we know this, even yeah. though logically we know this, I don't think people really look at it in terms of. I'm taking hits, I'm doing a good job, unless you're a, a, a barb and you're purposely tanking. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people look at it. People look at how many enemies am I dropping, how much damage am I doing. Um, and so I think that if we're looking at it from that perspective, um, it doesn't matter if fighters can have higher AC mm-hmm. and they can take more hits and stuff. They kind of want to feel like they're still contributing yeah. actively and not just passively by taking damage. You want to be a fighter, not a punching bag. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, so does that also when it comes to unarmed strikes with monks also works there's an unarmed strike to that regular unarmed strikes which are just one plus strength mod don't count because there's no dice associated I I just thought of something that may be absolutely hideous and I have to check the monk classes really quick please carry on for a second without me are you going to check the the open palm yeah Yeah, does that count as an unarmed strike I don't think that works because that actually triggers on a separate thing so it wouldn't be part of the unarmed strike oh I'm still looking because if it is you feel free but I'm pretty sure it wouldn't work that'd be disgusting if it did um, so yeah, there's that. It is there's some questionable stuff in here. Um, I don't like that the idea that only players can crit. I like I like when both the players and the DM can crit. Um, I'm okay with just like with spells not being able to crit. Purpose. Uh, it's kind of vague in the current rulebook. Um, and they they haven't ever. I don't think they've ever really clarified. I think it. It is technically allowed, but it's just it doesn't kind of explicitly say it in the in the twenty fourteen rules book. Mm. Um, I do think that uh, I'm fine with 
only martial characters being able to do that, or rather only some sort of physical attack, whether it's a weapon or, or an arm strike or something like that, yeah. um, being able to do the crit. But I do think that sneak attack, smite... Actually, one thing that does work with it, interestingly, is brutal critical. Because that specifies... Oh, it does, because it's extra yeah. weapon damage, though. Because it specifically says extra weapon damage, yeah. So Brutal Critical actually still works with Oh, it. that's going to be disgusting with a great axe. Dear God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think that... Um, yeah. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, I don't like the... I, I, I'd rather both players and DMs and monsters and, and characters can all still crit. Mm. Um, I'm okay with spells not being able to crit, but I think that... If you're making a, a weapon attack or an arm strike, and there's some sort of additional damage associated, whether it's cleric's divine, uh, uh, divine, divine strike, strike, whether it's a smite, whether it's a sneak attack, whether it's hunter's mark, whatever, uh, or a colossal slayer for rangers, uh, whatever. Fun fact, I think you uh, giant might and enlarge would both work with these new rules because when you it says when you shift up a class size, you gain an additional weapon damage. Is that what it says? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so there's still some that work, but I feel like I would rather that they. W I I'd want one because I guess I just feel like it's better, it's more fun, and mm. it's you don't want to be nerfing the cool abilities yeah. that smite and, and sneak attack are, but also you don't want to um, be. Uh, God, my brain is working so late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I actually I do have one caveat with this, mm. and that is that um, if. Smite and and sneak attack and stuff like that don't work because those are still powerful. Even if they couldn't crit, they're still powerful abilities. Yeah. Um, I do kind of. There's a part of me, and this is the part of me that ran a one to twenty campaign and could and like <laughs> and saw the disgusting amounts of damage that all you guys could do and and all these crits and like you'd crit and you'd be like cool fifth level smite and then I also get this thing and my weapon my weapon does magical damage and it's this and all these other things that you guys could do. Um, or the two rogues that were in my party um, who could sneak attack and and just roll like an absolute metric ton of D6s. Part of me is like, you know what? I actually don't think they'd be that bad off if they couldn't do it. I still think your regular smites and your sneak attacks would still be very impactful even if they weren't counted. Mm -hmm. But there's that other part of me that's like, when you roll a natural 20, you want to be able to go, natural 20, yeah! And roll a ton of dice. If that just means you're rolling one extra d6 or one extra d8, yeah. that's not very exciting. It's not. Maybe they want that. Maybe they want to de-emphasize the importance. But they don't of though, because they specifically call that out. Um, where's this? Um, in the inspiration rules. Uh, so in the inspiration. Oh, true. Uh, inspiration. When you uh, where's it? Gain inspiration. The main way a character gains inspiration is by rolling a twenty for a d20 test. The DM can also award inspiration to a character who's done something that's particularly heroic or amusing. Um, there's one point in here where they're talking about they're talking about it and they specifically say that uh, like rolling it this it's something along the lines of like rolling a natural 20 is a rare occurrence and we want to celebrate that and if they're DM oh, yeah. they like specifically call that out so that doesn't really kind of jive with this whole oh just one way from the 50s jive, jive turkey um, but like that doesn't really kind of like flow with this whole idea of like yeah, you crit him, but like, yeah, you just like, yeah, you guess your your hammer hits a bit harder. That like, you know, your smite doesn't like blow their head off. <laughs> like, it still can. Yeah. Again, yeah. fifth level smite is five d eight, which is a potential forty damage if you roll all that extra all all, all eights. Like. Maybe we're just too used to the really high octane, high damage 
games we play. Like, like they're but all doing like... 115 points of damage with one dagger with a really strong poison on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or me doing yeah, like I, 84 I, I... damage at level 5 with some crits might do it. I'll never forget that yeah. boss fight. Like, I crit like some kind of elemental that really messed me up. And uh, I crit it and you were like... That was 84 points of damage. It was like three quarters of his health, Martin. I was like, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Connor. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I, I just, I, I, I think I still want that. I want that high octane excitement. Mm. Um, there's two, we're coming up on time here. There's two other things I want to cover yeah. very, very quickly. They've added some stuff to grapple that adds, it gives you a bit more. You can move with things. There's, there's rules now for escaping. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, they're changing that. You mentioned that inspiration is now a thing, but you can basically you have an inspiration when you wake up at the start of the day. Um, always you can only ever have one, but also if you roll an at twenty, you get another one back. Um, and if you have uh, an inspiration, but you get an at twenty and you can't take a second one, you can pass it off to your allies, which is really cool. That's really cool. Um, and it's like... also it, I've always found inspiration a weird thing that it's hard to reward because. You tend to reward it to the players that are doing a good job role playing and stuff like that. But there's some players that come to the table and they're perfectly happy just being there and doing what, pardon me, doing what they need to do, and they don't want to role play because they're not comfortable with it. So how do you like reward them in the same capacity? So this I feel is an in-game mechanical reward system for that, and it works really well. I do also like the call out. Uh, you gain inspiration. The DM can also award inspiration to a character who's done something that is particularly heroic or amusing. So yeah. Like, so you still have the rule. Yeah. yeah exactly. So if you don't uh, have to finally, be a great role player, like you could be the one that's like, right, I'm gonna hold the door while everyone else does, like gets this stuff ready, you know, you be like, hold door, like, um, or you can be like oh, no. the funny guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and finally, and I want to point this out as a very cool ability uh, or a very cool change they're making that I really like. Uh, they have refined all of the spell lists, every single spell list, and they're just now compiled into three separate forms of spell list. They are arcane spells, which include sorcerers, wizards, and bards, mm -hmm. divine spells, which are paladins and clerics, and uh, they are primal spells, which are druids and rangers. Um, I love this a lot. I love this because it it opens so many doors of pos open like so many doors from of possibility mm -hmm. for combinations. It means that technically, if you take the uh, magic initiate feat, you can pick hunter's mark finally as oh, your paladins finally have cantrips though. The Paladins could anyway because they the could take the fighting style. No, yeah, but the yeah. changes from Tasha's now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're correct. Yeah. Um, but like before that, they could. You just didn't have cantrips as a Paladin. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they will because it, it'll specify in the Paladin class if you do get cantrips or on on their on their and, table yeah, it'll say it. It might apply but, to um, only full casters and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But it's it's compiling the list, meaning that like there'll be some things like like for now clerics can smite because clerics will have access to some of the smites. Yeah. Um, some of the smite spells. Uh, you could play a ranger or you could play a druid who has uh ranger spells. Um. Uh, so you, uh, like Hunter's Mark or, or Entangle and you could be a druid that carries a bow if you wanted mm -hmm. um, you could do uh, this basically makes sorcerers massively more powerful a big complaint sorcerers always had or people had about sorcerers was that they didn't have as many spells as the wizard and they were more uh, less less um, they had less opportunity or less uh, versatility yeah. and now you have as many spells as the wizard plus all the bard stuff thrown in there as well um, so I think this is, I, I love this. I think it's one of the best things they've included in this list. Um, we really need to wrap up. Um, yeah, but Martin. Yes, Connor. 
that's all the time we have for today guys uh thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this evening uh we kind of rushed it a little bit there because this, this uh, i thought we we, we probably could have done up at three for this one realistically yeah. but look um there's some great stuff in here some questionable stuff some stuff i'm not crazy about some stuff i absolutely adore um i will be logging on on the first of september to offer my feedback i recommend that everybody else do as well um yeah um let me see uh, if you have any questions you'd like us to ask, or any questions you'd like to ask us, stories you'd like to share, or topics you'd like us to cover, please tweet us at MikeClairsPod on Twitter. You can find that on the lower screen. You can find our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor Breaker, and Radio Republic. Martin, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me mostly on the Twitter machine on uh, at So Sorry It's Over, also on the podcast Twitter, which is down the lower screen, at MikeClairsPod. Connor, where can people find you online? You can find me on the internet on Twitter at uh, zero point Connor Z E R O P O I N T C O N O R one N very important, uh, or as always every Friday at six PM Irish time on the Mike Flares podcast on all the aforementioned platforms. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you're as excited about one D and D as we are, and we look forward to reviewing all the upcoming uh, UAs as they come down the line. But until then, guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Nice